Uchi Wali Wali, Uchi Bang Bang. Do you remember that song? I, I don't. Sorry. You is don't? It, is, is it like a hand clap game? Oh my God. Okay, you are now the second person in my life that does not know about that song. Uchi Wali Wali. Uchi Wali Wali. Uh, it's by, well, I know Nas is on it. But it's from like, I don't know, like middle school? And it's like an East Coast song. I feel like you should know about it. I mean, the problem is, is that like, I wasn't allowed to listen to non-Christian music until I like, uh, 13. And everything that I heard that wasn't that was like on a bus occasionally. You and know? Uchi Wally was not playing on the bus. Yeah. There's like, literally a line she goes, he really, really got me out. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, this song is for me at age 11. Sure. <laughs> I may have caught it at a rolling rink or something, but I'm sure it was edited. I'm going to have to introduce you to it. Okay, I'm I'm excited. Send me the link. Uh, boom, boom. <laughs> mhm. Trying to talk slick, all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> We're back. It's another week of QBT. I'm Shawnee, and I am Maddie Germs. I and forgot. <laughs> I forget who I am every single morning. It's fine. Um, we're here to talk about pop culture, some mental health. We have a guest on today. Hey. How are you doing? How you doing? I am doing well. I had a really big rest day yesterday after a week spent with some pals. I'm got a lot of shit to do on this fine Sunday, but I'm I'm doing it. I'm excited. How are you? I'm doing good as best I can. Uh, listeners, we have a weird setup right now, so I might sound a little weird. I might sound okay. But um, I've had a roller coaster week. I, uh, why, why, why? Well, I was going to share it last episode and I decided to hold off on it, <laughs> but I quit my job because yeah, I got a new job. Yes. Yeah. Anyone listening for many episodes has understood why this is a very good thing for this person. <laughs> very big deal very good thing my life is about to change yeah. um and i'm moving to la in 2021 you guys just doing it just gonna be on like little sunny beach babe you know yeah i'm mm-hmm. gonna be a kardashian Ugh. eat the rich <laughs> um i am so excited for you it's gonna be great thank you thank you i'm very excited i'm very 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 much so excited Yes. So and another thing that I want to do is I think I'm going to do Sober September. Oh, cool. Will you join me? Me? Yeah. Uh, okay. Hmm. Never mind. Let me do some thinking. So- sober September. My only mm-hmm. hesitation is that it's like my, it's like when my summer officially kind of is. Like I get time off for from school, from work, from everything, like mid-August to mid-September. And I don't know if I want that free time to be completely <laughs> sober. sober. <laughs> yes. But maybe, like, I could do, like, a sober month, maybe, like, towards in mid or in September to, like, mid-end-August. Cute. But like, no, but that's your birthday. So, like, we yeah. got to do that. Well, I mean, as long as it's done by October 2nd, everything's fine. I will, we will figure out a challenge uh, in some way, and I need to think on it. Um, I just, I'm really excited for my break, and I'm going to be traveling, and, like, I want to play. I want to play. I want to... Wait, where are you going? 
Um, well, camping probably a good bit. And then in the last week or sometime in September, I think Spencer and I are going to try and do a big road trip. So we might do like, uh, I've never been to, oh no. <laughs> what, is that, what is that giant lake in Oregon that, um, uh, it's our it's our uh, it's our wonder of the world, Crater Lake. Oh my God, so embarrassing. Oh, Crater Lake, yeah, yeah, yeah. That place. Is All cute. I kept thinking in my head was Crystal Lake, and I was like, that is the camp from Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Anyway, so we might like start there and then just kind of travel around, go to like maybe Joshua Tree, drive down and drive back, and I'm excited. Oh, it's about like an that. adventure. That's like a whole thing. Yeah, like a whole week, like just like a week of driving, a week of resting, you know, whatever. But you're engaging in sober September, probably. What brought that on? Uh, I think I do it every year, actually. It's becoming like a tradition for me. I okay. advise everybody to try like a month of sobriety when you can. The key yeah. to it is like timing. So you're thinking the right thing. For me, September is perfect because I'm like, August is still summer for me. I'm still drinking. Uh, yeah. What is it? Labor Day? Labor Day is at the end of August. And then my birthday is October. So I'm like, I literally have this window of time where yeah. like there's nothing going on and I can just truly sit here and be sober. And I'm just going to ruin it all on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I feel like because Oregon has such a late summer, sometimes it's still yeah it's shit and nothing to do in september and I'm yo like, summer is like here now today yeah. <laughs> yes very much so it just got here it's the end of july finally finally showed up thanks thanks um yeah pop culture this week i was out uh, of service i wasn't on my phone or anything so i i feel like i'm a little under prepared for pop culture this week but i have i mean one of the things that i oh you know what talk about the big thing yeah, I was going to say, there's only one thing that happened that you, this week that actually yeah. matters, okay. that we care about, and it's Beyonce, Black is King. How was it? I am, ex I am, <sighs> I, I am waiting, I am using it as a reward for when I finish my paper tonight, like, that's what you I'm going to watch You haven't it, watched it yet? Mm -mm. I was gone, and then I came Sign back. Sign off, we're not, mm -mm, we're not doing this right We got to pause. <laughs> okay, I'm back, I watched it, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is great, it's amazing. I... Ooh, I had goosebumps the whole time. I boohoo cried a few times. Mm. I've watched it twice now. Um, wow. It's like a visual <sighs> album to the Lion King supplementary album. Yeah, so um, that album she put out last summer, The Gift, which is not the Lion King soundtrack. It is a completely different album. It is. Um, I misspoke really bad, poorly when we talked about it last time. <laughs> I completely, it, when I heard it back and I was like, I'm very wrong about this thing. And I just was being dummy. Um, it's a Beyonce album. And what I love about that album is how much it highlights and spotlights African talent. Um, so she worked with a lot of African producers, a lot of African artists um, on that album and features them prominently. Like there are full songs on that album that don't have her on it at all, just so that they can have the spotlight. Cool. Um, and it shows up in the visual album as well without ruining anything for you. It's just... <laughs> It's just a look on top of look on top of look on top yeah. of look. Me and uh, some friends watched it on Friday night, and we were just like, did she just go to Mood? Remember Mood from Project uh, Runway? <laughs> yes. That store. Did she just go to Mood and say, I want all of this, just yeah. all the fabric, just give it all to me, cool. and then some. Um, and then it's just, it's like an elixir for Black people in 2020. 
I almost think that this has been done and she was just waiting for the right moment to actually like mm. release it because for me, I was just, ugh, I think she I mean, talks about. Her NDAs are tight. I saw someone tweet and they were like, my cousin was in this and his mom didn't know <laughs> like, oh, until, you know, got released. Yeah. I, if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard to talk about without ruining for you because the I plot is very similar. That. I mean, the, the plot is very similar to The Lion King. So that, like nothing yeah. is But like, there is some sort of narrative thing. It's not just like music videos. Right. There's a narrative piece that like threads it all together. And I cool. mean, right. But I mean, you could take each part of it and break it up into a music video each, sure. but it tells a story. It is very much so related to The Lion King. There's some cool sort of gender swapping that happens. There's some cool, um, ugh, the, the different shades and shapes of black people was amazing. There is only one white person in this entire, in that <laughs> entire movie. He's like and, the butler, right? And it's the butler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she drew a lot of inspiration from Buster Rhymes, from uh, Jesus Christ, from who else? From everything. Belly. Uh, what else? Are her twins in it? Um, Sir is at the, yeah, Sir is at the end of it. So you finally get to see Sir Carter. I don't think Rumi is at the end of it. Oh my God. And then Blue Ivy. She's growing up so fast. Well, she sings on that one song, right? Brown Skin Girl? Yeah. That's the one that like caught me. I was doing good up until Brown Skin Girl. And then it just like, from there, it's just an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I uh, love that. Have you yeah. seen, did you see that visual of Chloe and Halle at the Glad Awards with Naomi Smalls and uh, Banji and oh, is the uh, Spice Girls? Yeah, they but they yeah. Just, they sang like it was like a video thing. They were in some, I think the church part of the Abbey in LA. They um, who's the other one? The one with the eyes. She's like Burr. she was just on All Stars, and then she the one them. with the eyes. You know, she does that thing where like oh, Mayhem Miller. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, uh, they did like a do it they, and they like all did the dance and had a really cute video oh, for the cute. yeah it was very cute and like at one point um, I'm going to do this every time Hallie is the older one no no Chloe Chloe's is the, the older, older one, one. Yeah. Like, Chloe is in this like tube top thing and as she's singing she just grabs her like right tit and just like shakes it at the camera like it's very like alright <laughs> it's great no it sounds crazy but just like in the moment it's very like I don't know they're just like coming to their own in such a cool way I love them so much and the outfits look great Naomi's look great I will watch Naomi do anything pretty much uh, and <sighs> Naomi Campbell is in uh, Black is King Black is King yeah uh. I'm just I'm so excited. Wait, I like girl, I, you're gonna my your your head is gonna explode. Like ten minutes in, I was like, I just I can we I need to catch my breath. Can we just yeah. give me a second? Um, and you're you're also gonna be empowered and uh, what else? Just ready to go out into the world and make a difference and connect with your family and your ancestors. That's really and your community. That's really special. I'm I'm really excited to see it. I have seen clips or I've seen gifts and like so I've seen some of the outfits and like this is obviously gorgeous but I, I basically just kind of have the trailer and I as I was driving home from the desert <laughs> yesterday I was like yes I get to go home and watch Beyonce and then I just I was feeling kind of tired and I was like this deserves my full 
mm-hmm. happy, good attention. I don't want to pay this dust. So I'm like, out of respect for it, I haven't seen it yet. It is absolutely not out of a lack of desire. The beehive appreciates it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> buzz, buzz, bitch. Um, have you seen Umbrella Academy? I've not seen the second season yet. I okay. know it came out on Friday, though. That's what I've the been watching. The first like, season was watching. great, though. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it has a lot of good components. I feel like it's... My only problem is the second season is kind of... It basically... Uh, end of first season ends with the boom where they go. You see them kind of escape, but you don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, beginning of the first season, you see that they've been scattered across a few years in Dallas, Texas. So, like, they're not all in the same year. Interesting. But it kind of puts it in the same thing of season one where everyone was apart and trying to get back together to have a finale episode. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it follows a really similar structure. And um, I don't know. It does some cool stuff. There's, like, some civil rights stuff in there. There's, like, each of them plays a different part. The JFK assassination is a part of it, too. So, wait. You mean to tell me you watched all of season two, but you haven't watched Black as King? I have been like, I'll turn it on and watch an episode and then fall asleep in the second episode. Uh-huh. And then I'll like wake up and then watch that episode again. But yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, okay, I like Umbrella Academy. Man, we are very close to not being friends anymore. That is not <laughs> uh, stupid. I am just like, I, I think I'm able to watch all of this because it is, I also have like four episodes left, but I'm able to watch all of this because I respect it less. I'm like, I'm, mm. I'm like, <laughs> I'm half watching it. I'm like doing stuff on a computer and then like looking up and like, oh, wow, cool. And then like, blah, 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 blah. I think it, uh, I think I like it in some ways better than the first season. I think that there's some budget stuff that I think looks better. And I think that they, know what their story is a little bit but it does in some ways kind of feel like season one again it versus like a completely Mm. new the growth is limited because some people's memories are even still not fully activated so it's like it's literally like a repeat of season one in some ways but there's lots that is very different and it it plays with some cool stuff and i'm excited to see how it kind of ends but i'm just like I'm ready for this show for season three when it is just like a brand new. Yeah. Like they've got it figured out. They've thwarted two apocalypses or whatever. And now let's like, they've dealt with some of their trauma. Let's like, what are they doing? What are they doing now? Like, you know, I feel like Umbrella Academy reminds me. Have you watched Doom Patrol on HBO Max? No, I still have a script. It's like another, oh. Okay. It's like another, uh, it's another similar superhero team show. Yeah. Whatever, they remind you of each other, so I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Well, like, there's that one Marvel movie that's, like, next, no, it's not next class, but it's, like, X-Men, like, the mm. kids or something. The one that keeps New getting... New Mutants? Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, been rumored so and delayed for, like, 92 I feel like that years. movie was supposed to come... Yeah, I was going to say, that movie was supposed to come out, like, three years ago, yeah. and... By the time it comes out, Macy Williams, who uh, was Arya from Game of Thrones, is going to just be like a grown-ass woman by the time it comes out. And she's playing oh. a kid. Whoa. They shot that film so long ago. I don't know why it's taken so long. It's not just the uh-huh. pandemic. No, there was, like, issues and rewrites and stuff. I'm, I, I hope well for it. Like, it's a good trailer. You know, like, I want it to... But it sounds like it's a mess. Yeah. Um, I... Also, the Emmy nominations happened this week. I feel like Watchmen kind of sweeped um as it should yeah insecure did great in those noms um because we got one for isa and yvonne right 
I don't know. I didn't look I at the list. So. And then Zendaya got nominated too for Euphoria, which just like yes, uh, I, I mean, Euphoria it would normally be on right now. I feel like I can't. I was. Th- I think I'm gonna rewatch it soon because it, there's been yeah. enough time since I first saw it, and there were scenes in that first one that caught me off guard so much I literally had to pause and like catch my breath. Like when that dad starts beating up on that kid. Um, and he like freaks out and starts like slamming. Oh my god, that was an intense ass scene. I literally had to like pause and breathe and like cry and like just like there. There's a. I mean, that show is about teens dealing with trauma, sometimes poorly, mostly poorly. And uh, <laughs> um, but everyone's gorgeous, so you're like, it's fine, it's fine. Everyone's hot, it's fine. Uh, I mean, like Pose though. I mean, we've got like. Uh, I don't know. I just think there's such cool trans talent that has been really ignored on these in the lists. I mean, there's like a lot of. We got Billy Porter in there, which like that's great. Yeah, like a cis gay man, he just wears dresses. But I mean, you know what I mean. That's, we still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and like Hunter Schaefer, just like I, I thought she did amazing. I'm, I'm surprised she's not nominated there. Or that, I mean, or that fucking white kid that did. He got a concussion for that scene. <laughs> like, like I. I'm very He'll be surprised. fine. Yeah, I mean, he will be. He's like, I mean, he fine. is fine. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> he has like too small of a face for my taste. But um, like his like body's big, but his head's like small. Um, I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's what I feel though. Um, I feel oh, Shit's Creek. It's hard because I think Issa and Catherine O'Hara are going up against <sighs> each other in lead in a comedy series, and I think I want Catherine O'Hara to win. Like Insecure can win. It's getting a lot of attention, but I mean, I don't know. Catherine O'Hara, to me, that Moira Rose She's is like great. the funniest character I have seen on television. <laughs> and it is, it is a character. It's like iconic. And it was iconic from season one. She came out fully realizing this ridiculous, hilarious woman, you know? Yeah. And like, especially this last season, we got to watch this person like be nice to like have a heart and be that person so i haven't seen the last season oh my god i'm just uh i wish that schitt's creek had gotten more love earlier but because yeah. it's already it's ended i'm like give it a few things i want it just to see i want it to be a few things and i feel Has like Catherine Hero, gotten a, no, no no i don't think so all right i don't she think could, she could take that i actually was I watching um i went down a Oh God, I don't remember this director's name anymore, but whatever, like best in show, um, those movies that are like mockumentary style. Yes. I went down like a rabbit hole and was watching a few of those cause they're on Hulu and uh, Catherine O'Hare and Eugene Levy. Hey, I didn't realize they had been working with each other. Like they've been working with each other for decades. Forever, yeah. Christopher Guest was that guy's name. Who? Christopher Guest, that's the guy. Oh, Christopher that Guest. I thought you said Christy Burgess, and I was like, I don't know who that is. Christine and the Queens. Yes, Christopher Guest. Those those films are great. You should go check them out if you haven't. Yeah, wait. Uh, we, I was having a conversation with another friend um, about those movies, and they had like rewatched them. I feel like Best in Show is maybe like the best, but A Mighty Wind to me is my favorite, just because mm. like the folk singers and the ridiculousness of the seriousness of it. Like I, <laughs> I think that that movie is so fucking funny. And Ken Parker Hall. Posey, I mean. Oh my God. Again, we'll watch obsessed. Parker Posey do anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Eat toast. <laughs> um, 
nothing has like been made in terms of a judgment at all but monique's lawsuit against netflix netflix is yes allowed to move forward like there seems to be enough evidence that there's a case which is like what the i feel like some headlines were like monique's monique is making headway or whatever which is true but it it doesn't mean much other than there is grounds for a trial which um you know either they'll settle out of court because of that or she'll be get to go to court and hopefully i mean we're just talking about the same company that gave like amy schumer millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for yeah special when every movie she started has bombed so i you know i don't know i monique i'm happy that she is standing up herself i think it's sad that no one had her back really when she tried to come out about it and just kind of was like, calm down, girl, or whatever. But um, I, I want to see her succeed. I think she deserves it. I want to see her succeed. I want to see her win this suit and get her coin, if for no other reason than she is a Black woman who de- deserves and will demand yeah. respect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel I feel that, too. I, like, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see where that, where that goes for her. Um, also, Ellen is trying to get the fuck out of her shell. Which... <laughs> what the fuck is going on 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 over at the Ellen show because I mean I think there's a lot happening (laughs) I think she's been a terrible boss and just because she's had the highest ratings of any daytime show for years and years and years no one's gonna touch her you know like I mean uh she's loved by both the left and the right like she is a very like quote likable person but I think that um she is not probably a very kind and good person and so I think it's just catching up to her you know all that shit always does and also, I mean, I mean, there's also these sexual harassment issues with like producers and things and racism and things like that. So I'm like, it's Ellen, and there's also Ellen's close yeah. like coworkers. Well, since it, Epstein died, she's been in a tizzy. So <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but I'm just. Oh God, what's her <laughs> name? The uh, Gislaine? That's her name, right? Yeah. Oh, I I have no idea how it's said. But it, that is how it is spelled. Jelaine. Jelaine, Jelaine. 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 Um, Baby legs. I want to see her on trial. I want her to just spill all the tea. I want her to tell me everything. Like, yeah. name people by name. I think she... I'm usually not, like, somebody like, that's a snitch, but I want to see her snitch. I think that she will snitch on people that she feels safe to snitch on. And use it as leverage to get a lower sentence of some sort. Um, I I don't think we're ever going to get the whole truth out of that. There's too much money in it. I don't think we'll ever know what really happened with everything. I think we're getting to learn a lot more. But I don't think... I think that she's either going to die or uh, not get what she wants from telling the truth. So why would she? Um, But... I, I'm with you. I, like, would love to hear her spill all, but I also don't know how to do that without, like, sort of celebrating her or getting, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to... Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, she just, like, she raped 15-year-old girls and groomed them into, like, um, you know, sleeping with politicians and rich men. Um, although, I did hear her that she said that she wasn't allowed to get any black girls for, like, for them, so, like, I guess, like, 
when racism inadvertently helps people or something. Yay! Like, we oh catch some God. black girls. We, we save some sexual grass. Great. God. I don't know. That was maybe stupid. But um, yeah, Ellen, I don't know. I, I just think her time's up. I think she's had her run. It's been a long time. Thanks for coming out and starting a thing. And mm-hmm. um, she silly dances. You, you know, you gave... I feel like it started to go downhill when she just started, like, bringing on, like, white people who came out and giving them, like, boats. And it's like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I keep thinking of uh, that one interview she did with Dakota Johnson when oh, yeah, that, Dakota was like, you didn't invite me. And she was, or no, uh, Dakota was like, I invited you to my wedding. And she was like, no, you didn't. She was like, it was a yes, birthday I party. did. Or a birthday party. And I was like, yes, I did. You didn't come. Like, no, I didn't. She like turns to the director. She was like, didn't I? Yes. See, like we're fucking neighbors. <laughs> you didn't come. I was like, party. there's some shit going on here. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I love that. I think, um, you know, I like to think that she actually fell into her witchiness in Suspiria and is just kind of like secretly mother Suspiriaming around or whatever um, LA um, yeah I don't know I feel like uh, I saw like fucking James Corden is in talks to take over but do you know who I'd love to see more Wanda Sykes oh that'd be awesome. where's Wanda Sykes at oh my gosh yeah I, I feel like she I was gonna say Kelly Clarkson be- <laughs> uh, I mean, Kelly Clarkson had, show. I know. I know. I'm thinking of it like there was Oprah, and then it felt like Ellen took over the mantle for Oprah. So I'm like, who's you that? You should go to Kelly Clarkson. I don't think it should. I'm just Kelly Clarkson sings too I much for that damn show. Mad. She, where she comes she out, sing? she she opens up a curtain, is like, here's me covering a song you didn't ask me to. It's like, God, but they're good. They're I decent. Guess. I don't dislike Kelly Clarkson. I just like don't like like i don't i don't know i've never been like a i don't i don't ride for her like that i think she's fine i just like, I what is wrong with you monster i just i just feel like she's like i don't i mean i don't know i mean i too have seen from justin to kelly but i just like don't you know who deserves the show mandy moore she has a show she's that old bitch <laughs> she deserves more things okay does she I just, i'm obsessed with mandy moore what show? listeners i <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on this secret. I am actually obsessed with Mandy Moore. It's a thing. Okay, that is the only thing I really know about. I mean, loved her as a kid. I used to um, make my babysitter bring over a Walk to Remember all the time. I loved to cry to that movie. <laughs> um, and I I like that part where she hand dances in it. She's like, I I pray. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, you were you were young enough that you had a babysitter, but you were watching... Okay. I... This seems complex. I feel like I was like <laughs> 10 or 11 or something. I just... I also was like a little kid, but I was also like a little adult in a little kid's body. It was like annoying. Um, I... Mandy Moore, uh, she has that video too where she's like climbing up on like a ladder forever, right? Like the whole video, she's just like climbing up a ladder. Uh, maybe. Is that her? Sure. She looks like you know she I want to know, actually, I want to see a video or I want to see a documentary about what the fuck happened to Bewitched. What do you uh, mean? They're like, the... a, um, they're like a Scottish girl group band. There's three of them. It's like, hey, boy, oh, snap. Hey. I remember them. Wow. Be okay. asterisk, which is actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. That helps. Okay. Um, 
but I I feel like they came out with that cool song and then I never heard from them ever again and I just like how are my babies doing what's up how's it going alright I'm sure they're fine they're probably like living in the suburbs with kids they're making TikToks well not for long oh TikTok you know I don't get the big deal I just don't it's hard for me to and listen I I work in social media so it's like TikTok isn't doing anything Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and YouTube and Google and Apple maybe not Apple, Apple's doing pretty great, um, aren't already doing. I feel like this whole thing is just this stupid president and the stupid administration being xenophobic yeah. and trying to start a cold war and trying to start a war before he leaves the office, which is just silly. It all, like, the political nature of all of it, it's just like, this app is just a bunch of kids, like, making great content. And, like, at least for me, like, I crack up when I'm on TikTok. And... yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's not that big a deal. And if it is, then maybe you need to hold all of the platforms and companies accountable. Yeah. I think the only thing that's different for me about TikTok is the way that they kind of outwardly were um, diminishing or like not promoting or not allowing viral content from black Mm. creators, from queer people, from disabled people. Like, their terms of service were very much like we want pretty white people to do well here, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so the, the racism part of all of that, which is not specifically Chinese, but that was the, what the um, company was pushing forward. But that's not why Trump's mad, right? Like that's not like Trump isn't mad because the TikTok platform is racist. He's mad because it, they're using data, but it's like, I, I don't think really it is anymore. About everything. Like I like, there's not, <laughs> There's, uh, if you have Facebook, like you have no privacy. Like there's like, nope, there's none. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that what this points to is uh, for me is yes, just blatant xenophobia, but then also how unknowledgeable we are as citizens of what data has been sold of ours and like, what should we care about in that way? Yeah. Shouldn't we? And I think we're very undereducated on purpose um, with that. So, yeah, I feel like the, um, I know there was that hearing this week with Facebook, Google, Apple, and who's the other one? Twitter? No, Twitter didn't have to do it. Shoot. Oh, well, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yahoo. Um, uh, I don't feel like, oh, Amazon, that's who it was. Um, I feel like not much came of it, but like I'm, this sounds weird to say sometimes working in tech, but I'm just like, I'm excited to see like what happens in the next 10 to 15 years because it's just like the wild west. And like at some point, something's going to have to shift and change, like for everybody's sake, because you have a point, like privacy is not a thing like on these social media platforms and across most like tech platforms and there is a monopoly when it comes to amazon and facebook and these other companies and they're sticking to their guns so much with this stuff like mark zuckerberg like refuses to acknowledge that facebook um is like anti-competitive and like jeff bezos refuses to be like i make too much money and like i'm the devil it's just like at some point they have to be held accountable and it might not happen today, but I do feel like in the next 10 to 15 years, like some shit has to change. Like, I hope, has to. God, I hope Facebook goes away in the next 
God, 10 year, 10 more years of Facebook sounds terrible. Um, I I think that uh, there is, when we talk about Russians quote hacking the election, a lot of that was just bots that spread misinformation on Facebook. (laughs) Like that really was like, when we talk about that, it's not like some like computer spy, like broken through the top of a building and then like, Topped, attached a device to polling booths to switch them over to Trump. Like they just told stupid people stupid shit. And yeah. Facebook was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They paid for it. It's Why okay. do I care? They paid for it. Oh it's okay. Um, so as we approach, I mean, speaking of election fraud, like with Trump, like, I don't know. If you are, th- are threatening that, uh, like the post offices need to close because of like COVID concerns. You can't send first graders back to school. <laughs> like there was a New York school that school was open for one hour before the CDC called and was like, there has been a confirmed case of COVID. Oh my God. And he had been all over the school at that point, which is like not anyone's fault. Kids are fucking gross. And this virus yeah. is not meant to be contained within a school in any way. You're going to try to like, you already tried to give teachers guns. You're now going to try and make them like nurses too, like first responders, essentially. Like they didn't fucking sign up for that. Like, and see, this is my, that's my thing. We're still in a pandemic. People are still dying. Like schools are not open. Businesses are not open. Why is this administration concentrating on a social media platform? It's like, that is not the problem right now. Like that's not the thing that's killing people. Like well, but that's the coronavirus but that, but that's exactly it. Like that is the thing that get will go viral versus petitions to save the post office or petitions to make sure that we have fair elections. Which surprise, I, I don't know. Maybe you can speak to this too. But like, vote by mail is one of the safest and like least um, fraudulent ways to vote ever. Like the. And Oregon has been doing it for so long. And when I came here, I was so suspicious of it. But like, it's the best. Like, it's the best. You don't. You just have to register to vote. Your your thing shows up to your house. You yeah. just have to kind of remember to drop it off somewhere. And now there's free postage for it. So there's just like. But that's by the, the way, problem. everybody vote. You need to send that stuff in by like October like 12th. Don't right. wait till like a week before the election. Yeah, truly. I'm gonna remind y'all that every week. By the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just I think the post office is. Uh, one of the coolest things about this country, and I wish. Um, okay, that's that's a stretch. Uh, it's it's like such an essential government thing, and it's unionized, and like. Uh, I think it's the Great Plains. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> Okay, friends, welcome back. Um, we are joined by a super good friend of mine that I have not been able to see in a while because of this fucking pandemic, but I'm so excited to be seeing her beautiful face. Miss um, Destiny Smokes, or you might know her as Umbra or House of Flora member Deity Flora, co-producer of Melange and Crown Me, all-around badass momager, mama person. I love you so much. Hi, honey. How are you? Hey. Um, it's so good. 
<laughs> it's so good to see you. I'm um, to be here. <laughs> um, we are uh, connecting distantly for the first time in a minute, um, but I have, was just excited because you and I have had conversations about your story and who you are, and every time I'm just like captivated and we like, well, go have a cigarette outside or like go smoke a bowl outside or something, you know, just to kind of like get through the rest of the party. Well, everyone's getting crazy. We're like, can we have a dose of reality? What's going on? How are you doing? Um, and Where am I at when this is happening? What? Um, <laughs> I might be like, I need to go talk to my friend for a minute and then I don't tell you where I go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, before we get started, can you just tell me a little bit about some of your identities that are most important to you about how you come into this world? Well, I, like you said, I'm a mom and like, that's always been like a big, I've been a big nurturer for like as long as I've known. And that's just been like a big part of my energy and um, in just being understanding is like a big thing for me. Like, it's like the, the first thing that people realize about me when they first meet me are those mm. two things. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it. The first thing I noticed was you were black. <laughs> and it uh, was very happy. Well, that, you know, it just comes <laughs> with the territory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let them know. Yeah, that's for sure. Like being a black, a black femme uh, in this state and in like growing up where I did, I grew up in a very white space, but also grew up on an Indian reservation. So I had the two juxtapositions of, those two worlds and I was able to infiltrate the white (laughs) the white area and hanging out with a lot of like strange people they got me into strange situations um yeah floating in those worlds is a trip like code switching you know I'm a big code switcher that part same same yeah, and that actually is I mean, like, we have to to survive in a way. It's a superpower sometimes, I really Yeah. You know, just being able to like, oh, yeah, sir, how are you? And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love, right. I love to catch them off guard. They're like, oh, he's so well-spoken. Oh, I'm like, yeah, you can catch it in these streets too, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, don't, don't get me to my high voice, because I'll be getting over here. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't know. That's great. I, I appreciate that sharing. I think that when we were texting a little bit about you coming on, we talked about a few different specific topics. I think the first thing that I was kind of thinking about is we just had an episode about um, drugs and drug use. And then I also, you and I have had several conversations about different types of sobriety and ways to come to sobriety. And that's kind of where I started thinking about you as a guest. But then I'm also just like, there's just so much knowledge there. I kind of just want to hear what is your understanding of mental health? Like when you think about mental health, what does that bring up for you and how do you navigate this world and navigate your own mental health? Um, when I think about mental health, first off, I definitely, my mind goes to like loneliness mm. and at first, but then like, because it's like there's a lot of moments where I myself have sat alone for some time wondering, wondering and wondering like what's going on? What is this feeling? What's my body doing? 
why why is this happening to me mm-hmm. what's going on chemically um yeah so my experience with mental health definitely first was like i didn't know if it was like my life course and later on starting to realize that there's something inside of me that i can't help that like is like i could be as happy as hell but i isolate myself at a child's birthday party when i was a child when i was like younger i was at a birthday party and i just like wandered off to the side we were in a pizza place and i just wanted i just sat on the staircase just pouting and felt so depressed felt like nobody cared about me nobody gave a shit that i was sitting off to the side it just hit me like a wave out of nowhere Hmm. and um I started doing that at other parties. Like it was like a thing that I noticed and I didn't know where the heck it was coming from. Um, I didn't even find out till like I was way older what depression really felt like what it, that I was feeling that, you know, yeah. that's what that was. I had no idea. I was, and it was like despair just hitting me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel like my understanding of depression when I was a kid was like just the Zoloft commercial. Like that's like really, that was all the like, conversation that was kind of around it it was like oh that little blue rock (laughs) yeah and I'm like well I'm not a blue rock I don't feel like I want to kill myself all the time like that that wasn't my experience of depression so I was like that must not be about me or for me right and if you don't have language around that that's very hard to like that's right it is I feel like it's funny that you said that you thought of loneliness when he brought up uh when Maddie brought up uh, mental health, because I feel like when we started this podcast, that same question was asked, and I think I said loneliness as well. Mm. Um, and so, like kind of a similar story. I feel like I used to isolate myself a lot, like purposely. Um, and I remember like my family wrongly saying like, you're just like bipolar, like you're so moody. It wasn't, I didn't know what depression was. I just thought that I was moody and that like, I'm fine one day and then the next day I'd like want to be left alone completely. Yeah. And then it took and then some time to sort of- Or like yeah. your responsibility to manage those moods. And it's like, yeah. well, someone tell me how? <laughs> like, I would love to, <laughs> thank you. Like, like, I don't want to be this emo angsty kid anymore. Like I would love right. to go out and like have fun yeah. like the rest of you guys. Right, yeah. And like me growing up, cause like, I mean, I'm 40 years old, so we didn't have no damn Zoloft commercial. <laughs> right. And so like depression immediately meant suicide in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's all you hear. Well, all I heard growing up, cartoons, growing up with Looney Tunes, you know, growing up with like all these like crazy violent, you know, cartoons, mm-hmm. over-sexualized. That stimulated a lot of stuff going on in my head, too, with the mental illness, you know, just like uh, the mania of like the violence that's going on. It was like being hyped up, you know, Um, and not noticing that, you know, Uh, there'd be times where like I would do these crazy shit when I was a kid and I'd just be like spasming and doing weird shit. And my mom would just be like, oh, she's having a spell over there. That's what she'd call it. Like, oh, she's having one of her spells. And I'm just like, spell, ha like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just like rolling all over the floor, acting in that. And it's just like, oh, I'm doing drag. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it is. Yeah. <laughs> I channeled it into that. <laughs> yeah. Because like there is something uh, too with mania that feels amazing, you know, and it feels sometimes creative and it feels sometimes like I have access to the version of me that is just invincible and able uh -huh. to do anything, you know, and like it, as an adult, sometimes it can be hard to know where that balance of harnessing it's like when is that something to lean into and when is that something to cultivate and when is it something to kind of reel in because I'm I'm flailing around and I might hit my head on something that might hurt For me real. you know like and, yeah. and like when you're a kid you're just wanting to feel good and you're just wanting to feel like let out some energy you know yeah. what do you feel like is your you know if you're talking about childhood when was the kind of time that you got some framing around the experiences that you had? Um, well, definitely, like, when I was, well, because, like, I grew up with, like, drug addict parents. They were functional users, so there was a lot of stress at home. And I also was a latchkey child, which is a kid that goes home and has the key around their neck, you know, and parents are working, so you're taking care of like either your younger sibling or yourself. Right. And so there was a lot of that. And um, just being home alone or either when they were home, they were either like coming down or upset or demanding me to do shit or the, my stepfather would be, you know, hurting me. Mm. Um, so there have been times where like I would get these chest pains and I had no idea. Like I was thinking that it had something to do with me eating pork or, you know, just like eating wrong. Cause I mean, there have been times when I, I, I used to eat as a, to cope. I was, yeah. I was uh, doing that. And sometimes I'd eat butter, like crazy shit. Yeah. So I thought the chest pains were coming from that. And not even until like my twenties, I didn't even realize that it, I was having anxiety slash panic attack. Yeah. Um, Isn't it crazy that like this country hates fat people so much, like that the only like a way to normalize what's happening in your body as a panic oh attack God. is I must be eating wrong. Like For that makes real. me so sad. Cause like, you know what? Like I, I'm, a, I'm big and I'm, I'm actually healthy. Like when the doctors check my stuff, I have doctors looking at me weird and when they say, Oh, you're not diabetic. Like they look at me and say, Oh, your test came back and you don't have diabetes. And then they want me to take, they want me to take the pre-diabetes diabetes medicine. And I'm just like, you're not getting me on that loop. Yeah. Like, that's mm -mm. what's not going to happen here. Um, yeah. So fuck that. But I do medicate with marijuana, as you know, uh, to help with a lot of the pain stuff that I have going through. My body's been through so much shit that uh, I have really bad chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And since I live in Oregon, I can't have access to pain medication. Um, they want me to take like a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen. <laughs> so just wreck your stomach lining to live. I already have acid reflux and a herniated stomach lining and they know that. Oh God. So they're just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and is that because of the history with NA? Um, the history of NA was definitely had to do with um, when I was a teenager or in my 20s, I got into shooting heroin. I yeah. went from like 
I went from like every drug I graduated up. Like it was almost within like a whole last year. I was like, okay, I'm a big ass stoner. Then it was like, okay, I'm going to try some meth. What? And I was already upset about like being on meth because I hated it because it ruined a lot of my life. My mom was on meth for Mm. a long time. And then one day I just gave in and was like, I want to see why. I want to see what what the big deal is, why you want to ruin my life. So I'm going to get high on this shit and try it. It must be fucking great. Right? Yeah. And it was crazy because, like, one day she asked me, like, so have you ever gotten high on this? And I'm like, yeah, I have. And she's like, well, let's go get some. So me and her ended up getting high together for a minute. And that fucked our relationship so bad. I mean, obviously, you know. Um, So then I just, like, our relationship broke up. So then I ended up going to friends that started doing heroin, selling it. And they were just like, try it. Next thing you know, I'm strung out. And I didn't like it the whole entire time. I was strung out for like a whole year. Mm -hmm. And I finally got an abscess. And I was like, I know how dangerous those are. So I was like, I gotta fucking stop the because I'm Native American, I went to an, I go to an Indian clinic, and when I went there, they were like, hey, we can pay for your rehab if you want to go. I said, sign me the fuck up. Yeah. So I went within a week. I was, like, already in detox in downtown San Diego um, during the Super Bowl. That was weird. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, it was, like, back in... Everyone throwing you a party. <laughs> yeah, it was actually pretty crazy, because, like, uh, during that time... We were watching the Super Bowl, and, like, I forgot what football team that was in the Super Bowl. They sent us food to the fucking detox, so we got to eat filet mignon in fucking <laughs> What? I was like, Not only is this free, it is okay. catered. <laughs> I wasn't hungry that day, but you better believe I was eating no. <laughs> okay. I was stuffing in my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not just a shit, but I'm not letting you go to ways. Not uh-huh. at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I did try my stint with NA and recovery. I did like going to meetings. That was fun. I, I liked the basis of some of the program. I get it. It was It's a lot of therapy mixed in with some religion stuff. And those like religion is kind of one of the struggle for me or say I say like I'm just more I don't know it just it was like really hard for me to like go ahead and like fake my way through steps when it's like I can't do that like I need to like I need something else I need like a group of support I don't need like somebody telling me that I need to do this and I should be I'm doing I'm doing sobriety wrong when I'm like mm-hmm. trying my best here to like keep myself together while I'm figuring out what the fuck has happened to me, mm-hmm. you know? Cause like, how did I get this far? Why did I do this? You know, I don't need somebody coming in and telling me that like, I need to go and decide right now within a couple months who my higher power is and tell me that I can choose a doorknob if I want to like, yeah. what the fuck is that like I mean if it works for other people that's cool because like it just didn't work for me yeah like, I have a different understanding in my head I have a different head I have a different spirit than everybody yeah. you know so which is important you got to find what works for you and I feel yeah. like it sounds like you're saying group therapy was like the thing that yeah 
that really helped you out the most versus mm-hmm. you did you have a therapist as well or like a uh, substance abuse counselor I did at the time I also that was at the time that I actually found out that I was bipolar mm. because at first we thought I was just had depression when I was around 19 I started taking uh, Zoloft and then like after I got clean and stuff when I was in my 20s we found out I actually was bipolar and we switched it over to like some other antidepressants. They were giving me a lot. Like I was taking like 600 milligrams of Zoloft or Prozac, which is a lot, 600 yeah. milligrams. Cause I kept telling them I was getting tired. So they're like, how about you take more? How about you take more? How about you take more? Yeah. And I was just sleeping my way through rehab cause it was just, they were over medicating me. Wow. So I stopped taking meds. Right. Because uh, I was like, I've taken every antidepressant and I've even taken uh, uh, I already forgot, lithium. I've taken lithium before. I've gone to like, like uh, Seroquel, which is a heavy tranquilizer. Um, I've done the whole rainbow and I actually finally now have rested on Lamictal, which has been like a really gentle medication for me along with you know cannabis yeah i mean i'm that is a that is a a journey and i'm I'm hearing like your original your community of origin let you down in some ways right Mm -hmm. and then now you're like i know i need to get better i and then the community you're thrust into is like this mostly white community trying to just (laughs) shove pills down your throat like i'd be resistant to that too like that i mean that sounds like uh, that doesn't sound like your heart was at their biggest concern, right? It's like the only concern is that you stop using. And like that, there has to be other concerns than that when you're thinking about sobriety, right? Like there has to be concerns about who you are. Like what is there to go back to if you don't know who you are? Exactly. Exactly. That was really, it was really hard to realize that like, wait a minute, these people don't care about me. And then it was like, Great. Another group of people that that don't give a fuck about me because I just came from a group of people that didn't give a fuck about Mm -hmm. me. You're all doing drugs together, you know? And on top of that, being estranged from my mother, too, that was was a lot because we stopped talking to each other. She changed her phone number and everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there was a lot that had happened in between. Like, just, it's just like, an avalanche of shit and I, I still go through a lot of shit along with stuff like having to navigate the world now but I'm able I'm I'm like I can handle it a little bit more easier now because I'm able to like take that moment and realize like do I need to take this personally or not mm-hmm. because that's a thing that happens with my mental health is that I will take something personal that's like just like a little joke you know because it's a trigger for me mm-hmm. and um, just working through that and working through that with friends has been a nice journey recently being able to like talk with a friend and go like have a friend tell me that like hey sometimes your sense of humor is a little too off the cuff mm-hmm. and you know I just thought I'd point that out that sometimes you know things your jokes just go over my head and it's too much mm-hmm. or they just hurt me and so hearing that and not going on the defense right. has been like a huge step for me. 
and or and or feeling taking it personal and getting paranoid and thinking oh god all these crazy things and I, i like i feel like what i'm hearing you say too is that like now there is a group of people and a community that like hold you because like when i think about you and the ways that i've known you and come to meet you you're beloved you know like you are celebrated you are it is exciting to be around you you make people feel cared for um and i think that maybe i had the assumption that that's something that came to you naturally and kind of had always followed you i i think that to hear that it's been something that you've created for yourself out of necessity it, it makes me feel good that that's what's happening in your life now in a lot of ways. Does, does any of that resonate with you in terms of how you feel about your mental health now? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Like it helps to be able to have like a community of people that genuinely care about me and that I've had similar issues, you know, like we've been on like not the same path, but we've walked down the same roads at some time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's great to find or to have even them find you, you know? Um, To have that group is very strong and powerful for me. Like, especially like right now, I'm gonna admit that like I, my therapist moved out of the country last year and I was seeing him for five years. Whoa. Every year, I mean, every once a week. And it's um, like- That's tough slam on the brakes you know so I since I don't have a therapist at the moment it is like affecting me some especially right now but I'm grateful that I have friends that are willing to hold the space to like hear you know some of my issues or let me vent or even just have space for me to be just sit next to them and just chill you know and not even have to talk about the shit that we're going through Mm. just like having each other's presence around is nice yeah and is that ballroom specifically or is that related to like your child and your partner like because you're a mom too and that's such a big identity of like what i know about you it's everything it's everybody actually because like even my son who supports me things may be rough at times but like having a hug from him and and just having those little moments um with him are great and then like having ballroom family and not only that drag family and people from you know the queer community um bar owners uh owners of other businesses um that take you know to me and just want to support me in different ways has just been unbelievable for me like i'm i do pinch myself from time to time i know it sounds cheesy but for real because like is the complete opposite to what i was i literally or felt i felt like i was nothing i was treated like i don't you know like i'm just nothing and now i i feel like i'm somebody yeah and I still fight with going like, you know, oh no, you're not. And then it's just like, bitch, shut up. That inner saboteur, as they talk about on RuPaul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a slippery, that's a slippery slope too. I mean, you have to, there is this connection between if you, if, the, if you have this self-hate or you have this sort of self-disdain, it makes it so much easier to go back to that place where like, fine, I'm going to destroy my life because like, I don't think highly of myself. So 
you know, it doesn't have to be like a cockiness or anything like that, but to know that you're worthy of love and to have that supportive network around, I feel like what it sounds like is the biggest piece that sort of turned things around for you. It sure did. It sure did. Because it definitely made me feel like I wasn't alone and I wasn't the only one that felt that way. And I wasn't the only one that went through that. Because like, especially the more I share about the things that I've been through and I have a friend that's like, they'll say like, oh shit, like I've been through the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, like that's crazy. I wasn't the only one. Like all this time I felt like it was just fucking me. Mm -hmm. And that like, I am the only person that's got to be going through this shit. And I can't believe this. Like, you know, all these years thinking that. Was it difficult being that sort of, that sort of vulnerable with people with like, were these friends that you had known for a while? Were you being like vulnerable with strangers? Like what was that sort of journey? Like, you know, I always have been open. Like I've always been, even with strangers or whatever, you know, I've just always been that, out and open person and talking about what I've been going through in life and what I am like it's just it's just been the way I am and I feel like I feel like it came from my mom when she'd be like too high and talking to me before I went to bed and telling me her terrible traumatic stories but like you know it's just something that came with me and also it's part of my spirit so I accept (laughs) <laughs> not the best situation but silver lining you no, know it exactly. taught like you said, how to be open <laughs> yes make lemonade out of those lemons i'm telling you <laughs> i mean especially because like there's lots of folks that go through s- scenarios similar to you and then become i, I think what johnny's name is like you close off when you have that much mm-hmm, trauma you know mm-hmm, you're like mm-hmm. other people are bad news bears <laughs> like that is like not for me other people hurt me and then like to enter I think that that's absolutely something that we have to like battle sometimes, especially if you're a more open person. Cause there's like that. I mean, you talked about being a little sensitive sometimes to comments or things like that, because it's that part of the brain. That's like, they're about to let you down terribly or like they're going to leave you forever or whatever, you know, but the fact that you've maintained and retained and cultivated a, a space of openness, that's such a gift because I feel like other people have to learn that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I actually had, like, I definitely had to learn, though, to filter myself at some point, because, yeah, I was that oversharer. Yeah, I was that person that was, like, you know, just talking about just all the bad stuff that I was going through. I can only imagine, like, after a while, some people would be like, I can't. Mm. But, like, I just kind of learned to, like, kind of read the room, if you will, you know? Because that's important. Because some people can't, don't have the spoons for that. And that's okay. Lord, no, they don't. Sorry, I just <laughs> thought about it and was like, God, rooms of people where I'm like, you sh- 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 you sit over there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, or just don't visit them. <laughs> <laughs> or pay Goodbye. them online, like just pretend like they don't exist. Oh my God, truly. <laughs> um, something I'm thinking about too is like, how has your art and like the characters you built for yourself and the shows and spaces that you've created for other artists to come into um, with your different drag shows and uh, encouragement of other people to do these things. Um, I I know you as an artist and I don't know if that is a a title or something that you have held forever or if that's been in your last piece of your journey. Like I don't, I don't, how does that play with 
the way that you understand your own mental health? I definitely, like the more I think about it when I was younger, I was doing drag in my room. Like <laughs> I used to like really dress, I dressed like Marilyn Manson in high school. Like, yeah. Long story short, you know, I used to wear crazy one contacts, wear my lipstick smeared all over my face. And the thing is, like, when I would hang out with my friends, I would be listening to the music and kind of just, like, being animated while I'm, like, you know, saying the lyrics with them. And, and I do it in my room, like, and then I had friends that, like, we'd all be going somewhere in a car and we all started making, like, car routines, like, dance routines and shit to specific songs. And I didn't even think about drag and didn't even think that I could, being an AFAB, I didn't think that I was able to go there with that. And when I was offered to do drag the first time, I was like, no shit. You know, like the light switch went on. And um, I've been doing this shit my whole life. For real. <laughs> but like, um, it took me a minute to like really realize like that first year I was really trying to like um, flesh out like the two, the separations of the two characters. Cause mm -hmm. like, yeah, you can be that one person doing two characters. Or are, are you going to be two different characters? Mm -hmm. Or three, because you're yourself, too. Right. <laughs> so um, I definitely did, like, I know Umbra is definitely a lot of, like, the real me, a lot of me. And Destiny is the girl that I used to be when mm. I, like, I tap into that loneliness. I tap into that anger. I tap into that why why is this happening to me, you know, and um, I get to unleash it and share that story with people. Mm -hmm. And like, just like having the idea of like, especially being in Portland, and realizing like, being a black drag artist and going like, wait a minute, there's not a lot of us being booked. And meeting mm -hmm. Dahlia Cash, and my other pro producer of Melange, um, Half of D&D &D productions. That's right. <laughs> um, we both met each other like my second performance at a show. And we both said, fuck this, man. We need to make our own show. And we got on it within like a couple months. We had Melange. And because we wanted people to be able to do the same thing that we're doing and being able to express yourself in whatever form you feel that you need to, as long as you're not making fun of people that are just mm -hmm. make fun of the wrong people. You right. Know what I mean? um, but yeah, I, I love being able to provide that space. Like, I forget that I'm doing that because I'm doing it, you know? And when I like actually get to sit back and watch the show happen is when I'm able to like really enjoy and realize what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Like I have this person on stage. I'm watching this show. This show is badass oh shit, this show is my show. Like, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Like having Izani three different times in our shows is like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, how did that happen? Yeah. And like having people that have like traveled the world and everything, like being able to like have that and also have like new people that want to like experience that and be able mm -hmm. to like have that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been a fun journey and it's gonna be it's it's gonna get better like more yeah. and more yeah yeah um before we take a quick break do you have any kind of 
it doesn't have to be advice necessarily, but for folks that are really navigating either situations like yours or not situations that aren't like that, but just like have not kind of found the thing that's gotten them to be a little more regulated or to like move through life with some community or to move through life with some sort of, you know, perceived balance or control, you know, like we don't really have control. It's all yeah. an illusion. But do you have any like kind of parting words for folks going through a tough time? Um, I definitely just like, there's a reason for everything. I literally, that is one thing. One, It's like one of my mantras, really. Like I literally have to tell myself, like even when something wrong is going, like there's a reason for it. And also like, don't give up. Cause there, it's like, just chill. Like some, like something's gonna give, something's gonna happen. The world is spinning and things are changing. There's 8 million billion people in the world. So something's gonna happen for you. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Um, yeah, no problem. Let's uh, take a quick break. Okay. It's time to take some meds. I'm so excited. I need that. I know, right? Um, especially in this twilight zone that we live in. Um, Maddie, you go first. What meds are you taking this week? Okay, well, first of all, I want to remind everyone that water is life. And like, stay fucking hydrated. If you have not had a sip of water in a minute, drink some. And I am saying this because do that right now. See, let's all take a sip of water together. Mm. Yeah, unscrew the metal lid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dusty's got it too. Um, Delicious. So that's step one. Everyone's meds. Water's life. It's great. Um, I got to celebrate three special Leos in my life that. Um, are not uh, some new, some older. And uh, I basically am just feeling very grateful for the network of friendship that I was able to experience out in the woods. And I just got, it was out in the desert. I haven't really done a lot of desert camping, which is why I was also reminded of how important water is. (laughs) Um, But uh, just being like, just so fucking dirty, just covered in dirt for like four days, but just kind of being still chill with my friends and soaking up that vitamin D and Um, I just feel I needed a little bit of a small reset and I got it and I appreciate it. Um, Destiny, what are you taking? Um, I am going to drink some more water. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm actually going to be grateful about like my gift of communication because like this definitely, especially doing this uh, at the end of my week, and I've been communicating a lot um, this week and using like the communication skills I haven't had or that I have had and I didn't use ever before. And it's, it's been a great experience actually. And it makes me feel like, hey bitch, you really can talk to people and you're not a fuck up, you know? <laughs> so uh, I will swallow that, yeah. <laughs> nice i love it yeah i love it thank you um i feel like mine are okay i have three i'm taking three meds one of them is this little mini vacay i'm on i 
quit my job. It's been what, four days, five days that I've been off and I still have a whole nother week before I start my new one. So nice. I'm chilling out. I'm going to go near some water this week. I'm going to go on a hike. I'm going to get out there in nature. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then also my best friend's back in town. I missed him. So that was really nice to connect with him on Friday um, and to watch Beyonce with him as well. And then last but not least, this is really funny, but Smart Guy. You guys, Smart Guy, the show. Is, is on, it on Disney Plus? Dis- it's on Disney Plus. And oh. I discovered it and I've just been watching. That's what I've been watching like when I'm just cleaning up around the house or like when I wake up in the morning and I'm like washing my face and stuff. It's just constantly on the television right now. It's a great show. You guys should revisit it if you haven't watched it in a while always been obsessed with the older sister like Yvette is uh she needed way more screen time than she I'm realizing now I'm like she was great and I mean she had decent screen time but they should have gave her way more screen time yeah I've this never is, seen the show this <sighs> the one with uh the it, it's the young it's the Maori's little brother right yeah TJ TJ Maori um and he's like a genius kid and he's going to high school with his older siblings and like antics ensue Oh. And it's like a black family, so it's just... Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. I remember being a kid watching it and being like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, I don't see this often. Like a smart black kid, like in high school. Smart guy. Destiny's like, y'all are wild. I just closed my Bye. I'm over this kid shit. Y'all are driving me nuts. And children. Shawnee, do we have homework this week? We do have homework. Um, in line with um, our conversation with Destiny, in line with uh, Beyonce's Black is King, and in line with what you said, Maddie. Um, the theme I'm taking away from this episode more than anything else is you have to know who you are, right? Like if you don't know who you are, then you sort of get lost in this world. So know your homework isn't like, go figure out who you are. You should be doing that every single day anyways. But what I do want you to do is uh, pull out that trusty journal and I want you to answer the question, who am I? And I don't want you to write like, I am a... (laughs) A 32-year-old white female. Like, dig a little bit deeper. Like, where do you come from? Who are your people? Um, what do you have to offer in this life? What are, what are your goals? What is your purpose? Where are you hoping to get out of your purpose? Like, dive a little bit deeper. Ask yourself the tough questions. Um, and really get a sense of who you are. It's that simple. I love it. I'm excited to explore that. And also a little terrified, but I think both things are okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I promise you guys there's an answer to all those things. I think that sometimes we get scared around, at least I do. People say, like, what's your purpose? That's a loaded question. Um, But the answer is there. You just have to poke and prod a little bit more. Like like I said, just take a look at the work that you've done up to this day. Take a look at some of the things that you want to accomplish in your life. Take a look at the people around you. Again, take a look at what you offer those people and what those people find uh, exciting about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like for a lot of times queer folks, like there's um, some of that discovery later in life because you're so like detached from yourself or just trying to get through a certain amount of years. You don't get to have the same type of adolescence and exploration that like I think our cishet counterparts do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of do that in your 20s. So if you're looking at those questions and you're, um, 
you know, having some trouble kind of naming those things, like know that that also isn't a problem, that this is the time to figure out, well, what don't you have an answer to? Think about that. Like what, what, is, what are some next steps about how to move forward in those questions that kind of stump you a little harder? Because I remember, especially like in classrooms or whatever, if we'd like go around the circle and be like, tell three things about yourself. I'm like, I haven't figured who I am out yet. Let's don't ask me that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm always just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm black and I'm gay and I like dick. And it's just like, that's, that's not who I am, right? But, <laughs> right, they're things, they're things. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> they make up a very small part of okay? <laughs> Oh my God. Well, uh, let us know how it goes. You can follow us on QBT Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Destiny, do you want to tell folks where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on IG, uh, on Instagram, uh, Destiny, officially Destiny Smokes. And you can find me on Facebook, Destiny Smokes, or look at my show, Melange PDX, on Instagram. Uh, we'll be having a TLC tribute show this month. Ooh. Hell yes. Yes, that'll be on the 19th. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, love it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share, friends. Give those five-star reviews. And big thanks to Marquis and Shanti Darling for letting us use their music. Also, thanks to Ali Kilts for helping us with editing. You can listen to her podcast, Trace Material, about the history and future of hemp. I don't know about you kids, but this hot closet is hot as fuck. I gotta get out of here. You got a paper to write. Go. Oh, no. I do have a paper to write. I honestly forgot until right now. God damn it. And a Beyonce film to watch. I I have so much to do today. (laughs) So much to do. Uh, Okay. Bye, friends. I love you. Bye. Trying to talk slick. All up in my ear and shit. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.